0: Our modern culture is obsessed with royalty. From kings and queens, princesses and palaces, kingdoms and castles, you know, all of our movies seem to be going that direction. From movies and television shows to tabloid gossip about the British royal family that we just can't seem to get enough of, our culture seems to be obsessed with royalty. We even unofficially coronate famous people to be kings or queens. Have you noticed that? I wanna give you a little quiz today to try to wake you up. And so first I wanna ask you, who is known as the king of rock and roll? Start with an easy one. What about the queen of soul? Another easy one. Aretha Franklin, of course. Okay, it gets a little bit harder. The king of country. That's what I heard anyway from up here. Uh, No, uh, Roy Acuff is known as the king of country, but really I guess you could uh, say that it's Hank Williams, or you could say that it's Garth Brooks, or you could say that it's George Strait, or you could say that it's whoever you wanna say because it's unofficial. But unofficially, it's Roy Acuff, so you're wrong. What about the king of jazz? The king of jazz is Louis Armstrong. Somebody said Neil Armstrong. No, uh uh-uh. The king of rap, we all know that, is Jay-Z. It's not Jay-Z? Okay. It's Eminem. Who's the king of rap? Nobody knows. Tupac, maybe, who knows? The king of NASCAR. The king of NASCAR. Richard Petty, of course. Richard Petty, I I think it should be Dale Earnhardt, but unofficially, it's Richard Petty. Now, what about the king of football? That's right, Pele, the Brazilian soccer player. (laughs) To most of the world, anyway, it's Pele. If you're in the U.S., it's Tom Brady, but if you're in Houston, it's J.J. Watt, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And let me conclude by who is going to be the king of baseball. That's right, the Astros. We're taking it back, that's for sure. And that's why you're here today, because we're gonna have a prayer time for the next 30 minutes. Why are we obsessed with royalty? I believe that God has placed that desire within every one of our hearts because you were made to desire royalty because God made you to be part of his royal family. God made you to be part of his royal family that brings his kingdom to this earth. And so we're starting this new series we're calling Kingdom. It's all about the kingdom of God and how it makes such a difference in your life when you really understand the good news of the kingdom of God and your place in God's kingdom, it starts bringing heaven to your little place on earth. You start living as the king or the queen that you were made to be and you come alive. Now the whole series is based on the Lord's Prayer when Jesus taught us how to pray. So I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter six and would you stand in honor of God's word? I just wanna read the first part of the Lord's Prayer today and I wanna welcome all of you worshiping with us through our satellite campuses, everyone worshiping with us through our broadcast and online ministry around the world. Wherever you are, you're part of Woodlands Church. And so follow along with me. Matthew 6, nine and 10. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wanna stop right there this week and focus on that, so let's pray together. Dear God, I just wanna agree with you and pray that your kingdom will come today right here at Woodland Church. That your kingdom will come today and that heaven will come to earth into the hearts of every person who's hearing the sound of my voice. Lord, wherever they are in the world, you want to bring some heaven to earth in their hearts, in their lives, in their relationships, in their homes, in their families, in their workplaces, in their communities. And so that's what we pray today, Lord. We just pray for your blessings upon us, that you would open our hearts to really understand what your kingdom is all about so that we can take our place, Lord, in your royal family. And we can experience heaven on earth, in our little bit of earth. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, and and I want you to underline that phrase where Jesus says you should pray, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. Now, what is God's kingdom? It's kind of confusing, isn't it? Because Jesus said when he came, I have come to preach the good news of the kingdom. He, He said that the kingdom of God is near because I am near. And so the disciples thought he was setting up an earthly kingdom where he would declare himself king, that he would build a royal army and he would overthrow the Roman government and he would take his rightful place and that's why they fought over who was gonna be you know, right there sitting next to him on his left and his right because they thought he was gonna set up an earthly kingdom at first. And, but Jesus said, no, my kingdom is not of this world but he said, my kingdom is right here. My kingdom is right here among you, my kingdom is near. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is wherever God is allowed to be king. The kingdom of God is wherever God is allowed to rule and to reign. Where God's rule and reign take precedence. That's where the kingdom of God is, and right now the kingdom of God is in heaven. I mean, God rules and reigns in heaven, and one day he's gonna rule and reign fully on this earth when he returns. But right now, he says, I want to rule and reign in your life. I want to be king of your heart. I want to be king of your home. I want to be king of your marriage. I want to be king of your family. I want to be king in your workplace. I want to be king in your community. And and so God says that wherever I'm allowed to rule and reign, that's where my kingdom comes. And so where does he want his kingdom to come? Where are we to pray for God's kingdom to come? on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven, on my place in earth. He's talking about a place here, not just some ambiguous thing, he's talking about a place, an actual place where he wants his kingdom to come, where he wants some heaven to come to earth now. We live in a very broken and sin-filled world. We live in a world of hurt and pain and sorrow, but God wants to bring some heaven to your place on earth today. That's God's will. He wants to bring some heaven, the light of heaven in to the darkness and open up your eyes to see how much he loves you. He wants to bring the light of heaven in to your relationships and bring healing. God wants to bring some heaven to earth and that's what this whole series is about. How God can bring heaven to earth in your little bit of earth. The Celtic Christians, the ancient Celtic Christians had a saying uh, they called certain places thin places, thin places. And they used that description to describe places that they felt the barrier between heaven and earth got real thin. And where heaven collided with earth, where you could feel the presence of God a little more, where where they would experience more miracles, and they would experience God's presence and his love and and they would experience more of heaven and God's blessings in their life and in a certain particular place because people had prayed there for God to bring heaven to earth there. They had prayed along with the Lord's prayer. They had agreed with God and his purpose that God wants to bring some heaven to earth and he wants to do some great things in our lives. And so as people prayed there, they called it a thin place. I love that term, thin place where the barrier between heaven and earth grows thin, where heaven and earth collide, and you can experience more of God's presence, more of God's blessings, his unexplainable peace and his power and his joy, where you experience God's healing and strength, where you experience God's purpose in a powerful way. You know, I really believe that Woodlands Church is a thin place. The Church is a thin place because so many have prayed over and over again for heaven to come to earth in this place. And this is a place where lives are changed because God is real. We've seen it over and over again, where lives are changed, where marriages are healed, where miracles take place over and over again. And I'm not just talking about... The property here in the woodlands, this campus here in the woodlands, our campus in Atascacita, people have prayed over and over again for heaven to come to earth and for God's will to be done on earth, our piece of earth as it is in heaven. And and I'll tell you, one of the places that I feel like is a really thin place is right out there at our prayer fountain. You know, there's several places, here in the auditorium for sure, but there at the prayer fountain where so many people have prayed for heaven to come to earth. There's just something about that Place. And even in our North Point campus, all you guys at North Point, I mean, you don't have a cross fountain. You've got a um, concession stand in the movie theater. But even there, it's a thin place. You say, well, I've gotten pretty thick by going out there and eating some of the popcorn. You know, that's pretty cool to have popcorn between services, isn't it? You know, we've had a lot of people that have come into. Woodlands Church North Point, and they've walked in the doors of the campus there, and they've sat down in the movie theater, and it's packed out, and they're eating popcorn, and all of a sudden, the worship team comes out, and we start singing praise songs, and they're going, why are they doing this before the movie? And they think they're in a movie, and then they stay, and God touches their life, and their lives are changed. We've had that happen a whole lot. And so it's wherever people pray and wherever people are asking God to bring his heaven to earth, his kingdom to rule and to reign, that becomes a thin place where God can work. And God wants us to align our hearts with that prayer and to pray that for our homes, for our families, for our workplaces. God wants us to pray that prayer. God, let your kingdom come. Let heaven break through and come into my little place here on this earth. Our Atastasita campus, we've got a prayer fountain out there, and we've seen so many lives changed. And it's really all about Christ and his presence and us agreeing with him that we want him to rule and to reign, to do what he wants to do. And we're gonna see over the next several weeks in this series how God is going to do some amazing things in our hearts and lives as we agree with him and pray this prayer that he tells us to pray. But if we're really gonna pray this prayer, and we really want heaven to come to earth, we really wanna experience all of God's blessings in heaven that he has for us down here, then we have to understand a little more of the Lord's Prayer. So we're gonna study this and he starts out by saying, this then is how you should pray. So Jesus says, I'm gonna teach you how to pray. I'm not gonna teach you what to pray, I'm gonna teach you how to pray. That's real important because a lot of people pray the Lord's Prayer over and over again it becomes a rote prayer, a ritualistic prayer, and they're not even thinking about the meaning of it. They just think that's what I'm supposed to pray when I pray, and there's nothing wrong with just praying the Lord's Prayer, Uh, but uh, you don't have to do that. I mean, I think it's a beautiful prayer in that way, but God says more importantly, I want you to understand the principles behind the Lord's Prayer. This is not what you're to pray, it's how you're to pray. And so he gives us the principles to prayer here, and I wanna break these down because if you don't understand the first few principles of the Lord's Prayer, then you're not really gonna know how to pray for God to bring heaven to earth in your heart and life, to experience God's blessings in your life. So let's look at it, it starts out in Matthew 6, 9, our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven. We get to call the God of the universe Father. That is revolutionary that we come before the God who created it all and we get to say, Daddy, I need you. And that's so important, this principle here tells us that we have a king who cares about his kids. That you're part, if you're a Christ follower, you're part of God's royal family, and so you can go right to him and say, Daddy God, I need you, and he cares about your struggles. When my kids or my grandkids are struggling, when they're going through pain and difficulties. I care because they're my kids. They're my grandkids. And God cares about his kids. He cares about everything you're going through. Nothing escapes his attention. Nothing escapes his concern about you because he loves you. He's the king of the universe, but you're one of his kids. Prince Charles has a formal royal title in which every time he does an event, he has to be introduced with his formal royal title. And it's this. Ladies and gentlemen, His Royal Highness Prince Charles, Philip Arthur George, Prince of Wales, Earl of Chester, Duke of Cornwall, Duke of Rothsay, Earl of Carrick, Baron of Renfro, Lord of the Isles, and Prince and Great Steward of Scotland. Here he is. It's like, whoa. Do you really need all those titles? That's what everyone else has to introduce him as. That is his formal title that he is called by. Now, what do you think Harry and William, his sons, call him? No, they say, your royal highness, Prince Charles, Philip, Arthur, George, Prince of Wales, when is dinner tonight? (laughs) No, No, they just say, dad, just dad. Hey, dad, Hey, hey, I've got a need. You know what his grandchildren call him? I just found this out, Grandpa Whales, Grandpa Whales. I feel bad for the other set of grandparents, you know, it's like, Grandpa Whales. I like that though, not Grandpa Whale, but Grandpa Whales, you know. um, My grandkids, they started calling me. I, I would say to them, I would say to Ben, my oldest grandson, I would say, you're my buddy pal, so he started calling me buddy pal, and that stuck, unfortunately. And so that is my grandpa name, and it's kind of kind of weird, you know, because I mean we'll be out on the playground and say, "Hey buddy pal, hey buddy pal," you know, I, and people say, "Who's that?" Well, that that's my buddy pal. <laughs> okay, well that's cool. You got a buddy pal. They go, "Granddad, granddad," and so I, I'm just. A little concerned when they're 20, they're still calling me, hey, my buddy pal. I'm gonna go over to my buddy pal's house. But anyway, if you can help me get out of that, that would be great. So uh, They can call me whatever they want to call me because I love them so much and I care about them so much and that's the way it is with God. He's the God of the universe, the king of the world, but we get to call him Dad. Don't ever forget that. You go right to him and say, Dad, I want you to bring some heaven to earth in my life today. I need you, I need your peace from heaven to fill my heart of anxiety and fear. I need you right now, I need your provision from heaven because I've got a huge need today. I need your healing today from heaven. Daddy, I need you, you know what I'm going through. I'm so glad you care. But then look at the next part in Matthew 6, 9. Hallowed be your name. What's in a name? In the Old Testament, there's a lot in a name. They would name their children these names that would represent character and their destiny. And so a name in the Old Testament always represented someone's character. And we say it even today, they have a good name in the business, their reputation, their character. And so God has many names in the Old Testament. There are many Hebrew names for the same God. Jehovah Jireh is God my provider. And so when we're thinking about praying, God bring some heaven to earth today, we can say, Daddy God, Father, I need you to provide for me. And be real specific. And then Jehovah Shalom means God of peace. And so we can say, Father, Father, I know that your name, your character is peace, so I need your peace from heaven today. And Jehovah Rapha means healing. God, my healer. Father, you're my healer, bring healing today. Jehovah Sidkenu means righteousness, forgiveness. And we say, God, I need your grace and forgiveness today. That's who he is. And hallowed be your name, hallowed just means lift up the name. Did you know when you pray for heaven to come to earth in your life, for God's blessings to come to earth in your life, and God blesses you and works in your life, and other people see it, it makes God's name famous? That's what hallowed mean, it just means make God's name famous. And so if our motive, our heart is God, I need your blessings today, I need you to meet my needs today, God I need you to bring your healing strength in my life today so that your name becomes famous, so that people see that you are God. That's what this church is all about. Lives are changed here so people can see that he is God, and he's the only one that can change lives. And he's the only one that can heal hurts. He's the only one that can restore brokenness. And so when I pray for God's blessing and strength for heaven to come to earth in my life and in my home, and my workplace, then I'm doing that so God's name can be lifted up. Not so I can be lifted up, so God can be lifted up. So that people will see that he's the king and how great the king is. Well, I just wanna briefly this morning share with you three things about what happens when heaven breaks through and shatters darkness. When heaven breaks through, it shatters darkness. You know, Chris and I have visited many of the great cathedrals in Europe and most of them are more like museums for tourists who to appreciate good architecture than they are warm and friendly worship places. In fact, they're usually just the opposite. They're dark and cold and there's no life in them. But every once in a while, when the light hits the stained glass in the windows, then things just come alive. There's just something about stained glass that when the light hits it, it can almost overcome the dark and cold Gothic cathedral. I'm not a big fan of Gothic cathedrals. I just find that there's not a whole lot of life in them, but I love stained glass. I love stained glass when the light hits that stained glass and it shines through, it's powerful. And it reminds me of what it means to have a thin place, to pray for God to bring heaven to earth in your life, for heaven to break through. It's like when you pray this prayer for heaven to come to earth in your life or in your home, in in this place, when you pray, it's almost like God puts a thin panel of stained glass between earth and heaven. And his light shines through to this cold and broken place in which we live and he illuminates it and fills, fills it with the warmth of his presence, and everything starts to change. You see, medieval artists put stained glass in chapels and cathedrals because light was God's first act of creation, and they thought light was a manifestation of the presence of God, and so they felt like light was such a powerful symbol of the presence of God and being close to God. And and I find that it's so true that, that when heaven breaks through to earth, it's like God puts that thin pane of stained glass and, and heaven, the barrier between heaven and earth gets real thin and he brings his light into the cold and darkness that's all around us in our world today. And people notice, what's different about you? What's different about this place? What's different? What's different? What is this? And it makes his name famous. It points people to him as he changes their lives. And that's what's happening at Woodland Church. Heaven breaks through and shatters the darkness in a powerful way. One of the reasons, another reason that medieval churches and artists would put stained glass in the windows is because they were illiterate in that day. Most people in medieval times were illiterate so they couldn't read and so they would use the stained glass to illustrate the Bible. And so when someone would look at the stained glass, they could see the good news. They could see the gospel story. In fact, in many cathedrals, the full gospel story of humanity is completed on the stained glass, all the way from creation to the redemption through Christ. And so they could pretty much read the whole Bible by looking at the stained glass and seeing the beautiful pictures, and so when the light would hit the stained glass, then the stained glass would come alive. The chapel would come alive with meaning and purpose. And that's the way it is when Christ breaks through, when heaven breaks through to this earth, fills your life with meaning and you come alive. Look at this passage in John 14, 19. Jesus said, in just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. When the light of heaven comes to earth, people come alive. There's a big difference between just living and and really coming alive. There's a big difference between just going through the motions and really being full of life. And God wants us to be full of life. So many people today are like stained glass windows at night. There's just no life. And you can see it in their eyes, there's no light in their eyes. They're just going through the motions and there's all this emptiness on the inside. They're just kind of like the walking dead. They're just going through the motions of life. There's no light in their eyes, there's no passion for life. They're not really alive. But when the light of heaven breaks through, you're filled with life. And then you're filled with meaning and you suddenly realize what meaning is all about and the meaning of your life is all about and the purpose of your life is all about when you experience the light of heaven. And many times when the light of heaven breaks through into your heart, your eyes are opened. You didn't realize you were in darkness. You didn't realize you were in the darkness of unbelief. Maybe you didn't even believe that God existed, but when the light of heaven breaks through, then you see what you've never seen before. You realize that you were in darkness the whole time and you see clearly that God is real and you see that God loves you, that God cares about you. And you wanna step into his love and grace and forgiveness in that relationship with him. That's what the light of heaven does. It brings meaning to your life and it makes you come alive. And so when the light of heaven comes through, like it's going to be happening over the next several weeks as we continue to pray this prayer, just know it's gonna shatter darkness. It's gonna shatter darkness. And when the light of heaven breaks through, it restores brokenness. When the light of heaven breaks through, it restores brokenness. Really. A lot of stained glass is just broken glass. It's just a bunch of pieces of broken glass, but the master artist can take it and craft it together to make something brilliant and beautiful. And that's what God does with our brokenness. We have all this pain and hurt and all these wounds and all these mistakes and sins and mess, but God can somehow take all of it, all the broken pieces of our lives, and put it together and make something beautiful out of it when he shines his light and his love through it. When heaven breaks through to this broken earth, healing takes place, restoration takes place. God wants to bring healing in your relationships, healing in your emotions, healing in your heart. In Isaiah 61.3, it says to those who have sorrow in Zion, I will give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I will give them the oil of joy instead of sorrow and a spirit of praise instead of a spirit of no hope. When heaven breaks through to earth, God restores brokenness and he fills people with hope. And maybe today you have broken emotions. And maybe today you're looking at the ashes of betrayal that have just wounded you so deeply and you feel like you'll never be enough, that you have no value. God says today, I'm gonna put a crown of beauty on your head. I'm gonna break through, put a crown of beauty on your head because you're my princess. I want you to know. You're part of my royal family. You're one of my kids. You're a prince, you're a princess. I just want you to know that you are mine and you're beautiful and valuable. You see, maybe it's a a broken relationship that God wants to repair, that God wants to come in and bring beauty, beauty out of the brokenness. He wants to bring a miracle out of your mess. And maybe it's a broken body. And maybe it's just a broken heart. God can restore. When heaven breaks through, restoration takes place, and I don't know what area of your life needs to be restored, but I know we all have deep hurts and deep wounds. I don't know what miracle you need, but God is a God who restores. He can take the most broken things in life and put them together in such a way that he brings blessedness out of the brokenness. If you'll pray, God, bring the light of your heaven into my earth right now. God wants to do that, he wants to restore brokenness in our hearts and in our lives. In medieval stained glass, they would take beechwood logs and they would burn them down until they were ash and they would mix the ash with sand and heat it up and that would make the glass and it was the ash that brought out the brilliant colors. And God takes the ashes of our lives and maybe you're looking at the ashes of depression or the ashes of a broken relationship or the ashes of loss as you're grieving, the ashes of failure, the ashes of mistakes and sins. And maybe you're just looking at a pile of ashes right now. God can take those ashes and he can use them to make something beautiful as he shines his light through and bring you alive and do something beautiful and brilliant with the ashes. It's amazing how God does that, but when the light of heaven shines through and heaven comes to earth, that's what happens. God takes ashes and makes it into something beautiful. a crown of beauty out of those ashes. That's what God wants to do in your life. But I want you to see a third thing because when heaven breaks through, when the light of heaven comes to earth, there's an outpouring of grace. The light of heaven brings this outpouring of God's grace. Heaven breaks through with an outpouring of grace. Guilt and shame are the greatest barriers to heaven breaking through. You see, it's our guilt and shame and failures that are a barrier between us and perfect God. And when we live in shame, we're afraid of God, we run from God, we don't wanna be in God's presence. We're, we feel guilty, we feel ashamed, but God says, come right into my presence and let the light of my love forgive you of your sins and change you. Look at this next verse, Colossians 2.13. He says, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Jesus, the light of heaven, shatters our guilt with his grace. A good acrostic for grace that I've always loved is God's riches at Christ's expense because Christ took our place on the cross He forgave us of all of our sins and all we have to do is receive that. All we have to do is let that light of heaven come in and shatter our pride because if you think you can do it on your own, if you think you're the king of your own life, then God allows the light to come in to expose your pride so you'll see how much you need him and you'll fall to your knees and admit you need his grace. So what are we to do to bring heaven to earth? We're to align our hearts with God. And so there are two things, pray and bless. If you're a Christ follower, over the next 40 days, basically, during this series, would you just pray? Pray, God, I want you to bring your heaven to earth today in my place of earth. I don't know what it, maybe it's your workplace, maybe it's your home, you know, in, in your life. But God wants, it says earth, so it's a place, it's a place, he wants to, he wants to start right now. Bringing heaven to earth. So start praying that right now. And pray that over your neighborhood. Pray that over, you know, your family. Pray that over your business. Start praying that today. And, and then you can bless, the Bible says, because we're royal priests. If you're a Christ follower, you're a royal priest. That you're part of his royal family. And so what did the priests do? They, they would bless. One of their jobs was to bless They would intercede and pray, and they would also bless. So God gives you the authority if you're a Christ follower to bless people in Jesus' name, to speak blessings over them in Jesus' name, to lift up the name of Christ. And so we can speak blessings on people that don't even know Christ. We can speak blessings on atheists. We can speak blessings on everyone that, you know, we can speak blessings and love instead of judgment so that they can see Christ work in their life and they can Look to him and see that he is God, that he is real, and that he loves them. And so I speak blessings in Jesus' name to you today, Woodland Church, all within the sound of my voice. I speak blessings of God's peace from heaven. I speak blessings of God's strength in the middle of your struggles. I speak blessings of of a provision over your life, your family, your work. I speak blessings of God's grace all over you. I speak blessings of healing, over your life, your body, your emotions, your thoughts, everything, your relationships. I speak blessings of strength and healing and purpose over you, Woodlands Church. And I know that God has given me and given you the authority to speak blessings, to speak blessings over this church. I speak blessings over Woodlands Church all the time. I speak blessings over um, this community. I speak blessings over our city that God would shine his light down so that people would see him and he would be lifted up. You know, you can speak blessings. So we pray and we bless. The blessing is not praying for blessing, it's just blessing because God's given you that authority. God's given you that right. See, you're a royal priest. Now, that means don't come to me and say, Pastor Kerry, can you forgive me of my sins? I'm here for confessional. I will say, I've got enough sins of my own, so don't come to me, you know. You can go directly to God. We're to go to each other to confess to, for God to heal us and strengthen us and give us victory and, and have someone to be in it with you and pray with you about your struggles. But, but you go directly to God and get forgiveness from God because you're a royal priest. And we can go directly to God. You don't need a priest to stand in the way to be the barrier. You go right to God because of what Christ has done. He's made a thin place. He's come to this earth to bring us to know him. And so that's what I want you to do over the next, you know, days and the few weeks we're in this series and make it a practice for your life. And what we're gonna do right after this service, we have the fall festival, all that going on out there, but we're also gonna have our prayer teams and our pastors out by the prayer fountain out here. See, the prayer fountain was built several years ago and it's exactly in the middle of our Woodland Church property campus that God opened up and provided is right in the middle because it's a symbol that prayer is the center of our campus and the cross of Jesus Christ is the center of our campus that we look to Jesus Christ, that he's the only one and it's his grace that we could never earn or deserve. And so there's seven alcoves in that prayer fountain. I don't know if you've ever been there but there's seven alcoves at the Woodlands Campus Prayer Fountain and at that prayer fountain there, it represents the seven continents and the main verse there says, My house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. And so people come there all the time to pray. We pray for all of our ministries and missions around the world and the different continents. And we pray for God to work. And we we come there and pray for needs in our own hearts, you know, for heaven to come to earth. And so our pastors are gonna be out there right after this service. So you go out there before you have a lot of fun and punkin' chunkin' and all the other stuff that you'll be doing out there. If you have a need on your heart, that you need some heaven to come to earth in a situation in your life then just go out there to the, the prayer teams out there and they wanna pray for you for God's healing and strength and restoration in your life. And they wanna speak a word of blessing over you. It's a thin place. You watch what God will do if you just take that step. And some of you are going, I think I need to do that, but I'm a little scared of that. There's nothing magical or mystical. Just say what your need is and they'll pray for you. You know, and speak a word of blessing to you. And then you go have fun, but God, answers prayers. God answers prayers. Why? I'm convinced that God wants to bless us. I'm convinced God wants to bless us because he loves us so much. He said, you know, Jesus said, who of you who, when your kid asked for bread, would give him a stone or a snake? How much more your heavenly Father who loves you perfectly? You see, a lot of people have trouble praying to God the Father because they had an earthly father who was very flawed or maybe abandoned them or maybe was never engaged or maybe never showed any affection. Or, and so they, they put the face of an earthly father on the face of God. And when they think of, I can pray to God as my father, there's a barrier there. Don't ever put the face of an imperfect earthly father over the face of God because he's a perfect heavenly father who will never fail you, never leave you, never abandon you. He loves you so much, he cares so deeply about you. He's the king of kings and the king of the universe, but he always has time for his kids. And you can go directly to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And he wants to bless us with the things that make the most difference in our lives. Joy and peace and purpose and meaning. All the things that we strive for, that we stress for, that we get burnt out for. He says if you'll just stop and be still and experience me, you'll have it all, everything you've ever wanted. I'll meet your deepest needs. Did you know that at one time the United States had an emperor? It's true. There was this dude named James A. Norton, and he lived in San Francisco in the 1850s, and he was a businessman, successful businessman, but then in speculation in the rice industry, he, he lost everything and he experienced financial ruin and, and something just snapped in his mind at that time. And in 1859, he declared himself, well, let me just get the title exactly right, Norton I, Emperor of these United States. He made that declaration and then he found a sword and he put a plume of feathers in his hair and he put on a cape, and he would just proudly walk around San Francisco declaring himself Norton I, emperor of these United States. Now, the citizens of San Francisco were amused by him, and they started playing along, and soon everyone heard about this guy that was deluded, but he was, you know, he thought he was the emperor of the United States, and so they would call him by emperor, they would provide him tickets to the biggest events in town, Everyone, all the wealthy people wanted him to come to their galas and be an invited guest. Um, he, they even let him issue his own currency, and all the businesses would honor it. They even let him take a little tax for himself, and people would give to him. He believed that he was the emperor of these United States, and everyone in San Francisco just played along with it and enjoyed it. In fact, it was said that he brought so many tourists to San Francisco during that time that he really made a living off San Francisco, but they made a living off of him because they sold all of these souvenirs with his name, his face on it. And everyone loved to get to meet the emperor of these United States. And just have a little meeting with the emperor as he was walking the streets. And in fact, he was so deluded that after Napoleon II invaded Mexico in 1863, he expanded his title to emperor of these United States and protector of Mexico which made Mexico feel really great, knowing that he was protecting them. When he died in 1880, more than 10,000 people attended his funeral, one of the largest ever in California. People were so curious about him. He lived and died in his own delusion of grandeur. Now, he didn't hurt anyone and he you know, made people laugh and, he amused people as they went along with it, but make no mistake about it, James A. Norton was not the emperor of the United States. If he ever had confronted the U.S. Army, they would have dethroned him real quickly. But I think about the way a lot of people live today. They live in deluded grandeur, thinking they're the emperor of their own lives, that they're the king of their own lives, that they get to call the shots and they want to be the king. And they don't realize there's only one king and he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. But he loves you so much that he says I want you to be part of my royal family. Stop trying to be the king and surrender to me and I'll adopt you into my family and you'll find my blessings beyond measure. Chris and I were at a little chapel in England several weeks ago and And it had one of those cemeteries out back. And we like to go into the cemeteries and see because some of the the gravestones went back to like 1,200, 1,300, and some of the 1,500s. But almost all of those gravestones, the names had been worn off by the elements of time. And we thought about that for a moment. We thought, that's what's gonna happen to all our names. You know, over time, the elements of time are gonna wear away our names and our names will be forgotten. And that's what's gonna happen to the names of all the famous people today, all the famous people throughout history, all those who are powerful, the most successful, their names will one day be forgotten. All the names of all the rock stars, all the names of all the movie stars, all the names of all the sports stars, all the names of the presidents and the prime ministers, all the names of the kings and the queens, one day, time is gonna wear them all away and their names will be completely forgotten. There will only be one name that will remain and that's the name that's above every name. The name at which one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That name, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, he will remain. And he wants you to be part of his forever family. There's only one king. We call a lot of people kings today, but there's only one king. Everyone else is just deluded. There's only one king, he's the king of kings. And one day everyone will see it. But right now, I want everyone in my life, everyone in the Woodlands, everyone at in Atascoceta, everyone in at Northport, everyone in Houston, I want them to see Jesus is king. Everyone in this world, I want them to see Jesus is king and how much he loves them. Let's bow together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your love for us and I pray right now for heaven to come to all of our campuses. I pray for right now for heaven to come into every home of everyone who's worshiping with us. I pray, Lord, for heaven just to break through Break through all the barriers and shatter the darkness and restore the brokenness. And and just pour out your grace, Lord, on people right now. They would experience you. They would experience your love for them. They'd feel the warmth of your love, the power of your forgiveness, your grace, your peace, your healing presence. We pray, Lord, right now. We pray in your will that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know, Lord, sometimes we don't know exactly how to pray because we pray for things that if you gave us those things, it would be the worst thing for us. But we know we want your will. And we want, Lord Jesus, you to bless and strengthen us with the things that we need most. And we pray that you would do that. I pray for those that you're tugging on their hearts, all those to go out to the prayer fountain, Lord, to pray that you would do that and you would meet them there and you'd meet their needs there and you would show them that you're real and that you're powerful, and that you love them. And I pray for those who've never received you, that maybe they've been trying to be the king of their own life, and they're getting worn out. And Lord, it's just, they're just tired of trying to be the king of the universe, that they would just pray this prayer. Dear Jesus Christ, thank you that you are king. I ask you to be king in my heart, to forgive me of my sins. I receive your free gift of salvation, your grace, And I ask you to bring heaven to earth in my heart. And I ask you to take me to heaven one day. Thank you for saving me. Be the Lord of my life, the king of my life from now on. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life, and that's the greatest healing of all, spiritual healing. Well now we're at the part of our service where we give back to God some of what he's given us, and this church exists to bring the gospel of hope to the world, we exist to raise up the poor and powerless not by giving them a handout, but by giving them a help up through all of our farmers' field schools and all our ministries to the poor. And we also exist to raise up this next generation to change the world. And so as you give, pray for God to bless and multiply it over all of our ministries at Woodlands Church and missions that are making such a difference. You know, it's amazing we have ministries and missions on all the continents except for one, Antarctica. We have no ministry to the penguins there, okay? Um, but we do have ministries and missions all over in all the continents and, and countries around the world to make a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ, to lift him up from the wilderness to the world. Lord bless our giving in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you Woodlands church, our pastors, our prayer teams are out there at the fountain right now to pray a prayer blessing over you. For heaven to come to earth and have fun at the fall festival. Got all kinds of good stuff out there. Have a blast. We love you. God bless you, Woodlands Church. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.